You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Chris. We had some strong feelings about the deaths in season two of Killjoys, so we decided to talk about them in this episode. And I think it goes without saying that there will be spoilers for the entire second season. Not to mention the first season. We might mention the first season, too, so... I can't imagine why you'd watch the second season before you watch the first season, but some people are weird. You probably wouldn't be listening to this if you hadn't (laughs) seen the first season, but some some people watch things in strange order, Chris. I just want to have our bases covered. I think that would be especially difficult with this show, but okay. Yeah, I would think so, too. So let's get started by talking about Sabine. I, I think while I had many thoughts about Potter dying, and obviously I was very attached to Potter since she'd been a regular character since the beginning of the show. I think Sabine made me the angriest <laughs> of the character deaths this season. How about you, Chris? I think I'm more mad about Potter, but I feel like part of my anger about Potter is because of prefacing it with Sabine. That's Though I see what you're saying, because I do, I do feel like Sabine was just horribly wronged, because she is one of those characters who existed to be killed. Yeah. Yeah, it it we're probably we're going to we've used this term probably before on the podcast, but just to make sure everybody is is on the same page, we are going to be using a term called fridging, which comes from this concept called women in refrigerators, which was kind of made a thing by the great Gail Simone, a, a great comic book writer Gail Simone, and she made a point of pointing out all the times in comic books that women were killed and sort of left to be found by somebody who loved them pretty much just to create anguish for that person, usually the male hero of the comic book. And I think the name actually came from a, it was a Green Lantern comic. That is correct. Yes, where Kyle Rayner, who was the Green Lantern in that particular comic, found his girlfriend stuffed in a refrigerator by a villain. So that's where the name came from. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Where it, yes. I, I think so that's like the name of the trope now. Yeah, is women refrigerators are like stuffed in the fr- into the fridge, and I should say that fridging I, I think has been expanded where it doesn't just happen to women; it happens to people of characters who are people of color. It happens to uh, LGBT characters. You know, it, it kind of is is taking a broader meaning these days. Has it? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think so. I've heard it used in a more broad ter- term than just referring to women personally but maybe that's just me the thing about sabine i think when she got introduced maybe not when she was introduced but a couple episodes in i think we all kind of got that that concern Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like oh no she's kind of there to be like the love interest for davin what does that mean because it seemed unlikely that she would be a permanent fixture shall we shall we put it that way <laughs> yeah i'm I'm always a little disappointed when any character is introduced as just primarily as like here's a love interest you know platter here we go uh, love interest on a plate for this character and so my my concerns were ba- were definitely present from the beginning in that regard i can't say i anticipated what they were going to do with her character which i will give in their favor like the twist that they put in the storyline for her, I thought was a good one. I-, I just wish that at the end of that twist, after the twisting happened, she then wasn't, wasn't you know, shuffled off the show permanently. It's like they fridged her, but they fridged her for Dutch and not Davin. <laughs> that was sort of the twist. 
I don't think I understand what you're saying. Please elaborate. Because fridging happens, again, usually to a female character to motivate the male ah. hero who is often the love interest. Not always, but often. Mm-hmm. And so by making her death not about Davin and his angst, but rather about Dutch and her angst. <laughs> well, it's almost like she was fridged twice, because there was the first time where she, you know, starts oozing all of the green goo in that very upsetting final scene of That's of true, because you and I were not happy about no. that. And we we both kind of like, okay, but it's this show, and they sort of play with the tropes, so maybe that's not what's going to happen. And it wasn't, but then it kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that first time when we thought she was either likely to die or dead, it, that was kind of fridging her for Davin's anguish. And then... Ultimately, though, in the following episode, where we learn more about her and who she is and the fact that she's a level six and a black root, and then Dutch kills her, then yeah, she becomes fridged for kind of Dutch's motivations and the, or the effect that that has on Dutch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have mixed feelings about it because I'm like, well, at least it's not totally the trope, but it kind of is. And I don't know. <sighs> so it makes me angry, but less angry than it makes you. <laughs> Well, I think what made me so upset about it was that she was such a flat character for the majority of the time she was on the show. She was just, you know, cute blonde bartender. She was sassy sandwich, you know, that Dan- that Davin had a crush on. Mm-hmm. And and while we did get some more background for her in in 207, like that's the episode she dies. So it's like, here's some story about this character finally, but then she's going to exit the show. Yeah, and the thing is, they made her pretty interesting in that episode, and I might not have resented this death so much if they'd even waited just a couple of episodes. To kill her? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they'd waited till the finale or episode nine. Yeah, if she got to be around and maybe be an interesting level six character who kind of we had more sympathy for, kind of like fancy. Because as it is, it just feels like she existed for this episode in which she dies. Right, because she provides a lot of information about, you know, the fact that that happened when when she and Davin were having sex. The fact that he repelled the green goo out of her, that was an important thing for him to learn. And then she, like, shows him the cube where they later find information that Klein left for Dutch and she gives them more information. So she's she gives them, you know, the tool. I forget the name of the the sharp pointy tool that they use to the kill dreadnought. Sixes. Thank you, the dreadnought. So she was an information bearer. She was there to kind of push the level six plot line along. And then once she served that purpose, she exited. Right. And I mean, that was such a great reveal that one, she wasn't dead, and two, she was a level six spy. Like, I feel like they could have gotten more out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. But no, she she lived to die, basically, was the thing. And I just, I hate it when they do that. <laughs> it is it is a big, big pet peeve of mine, too. I also wanted to mention, we got a tweet after 207 aired from a... a listener, who was saying that they use more stronger language than this, but it was very upsetting how her, how Sabine's body was displayed at the beginning of that episode. So this is like immediately after all the green goo has woozed out of her and she's presumably dead. So it's at the beginning of the episode and 
while at the end of 206, we, we last see her, she's like lying on her back and the, the sheets kind of pulled up over her chest area for, you know, obviously modesty reasons. In the following episode, she's like on her side, the sheets partially on her. We can like see her bare hip and there's more like skin displayed. It's almost sexy, which I admit was very upsetting. Did you have strong feelings about that, Chris? Yes. Again, less strong, I think, than the person who tweeted us. But it did bother me because it's just kind of like, why? Because they don't know that she's not dead at that point. Mm -hmm. And it just it feels really gross. Yeah, I I mean, I I think I think obviously I don't know the motivations of the the director or whomever positioned her in that manner. I I think the idea was to accentuate the fact that this horrible thing happened in the middle of like an intimate moment. And that's what made it all the more horrible. Uh, But I don't know that that was necessary, the way that they really seem to sexualize her unconscious slash dead body. Yeah, there was a thing I was I've been listening to podcasts about comic books. Mm -hmm. And there was one where they were talking about that and female characters, especially never not being portrayed as like sexy. Right. So there's like the whole thing about sexy corpses and whatnot. So it's a thing. It's a gross thing. It is a very common phenomenon. You see it in advertising, amazingly, or at least you used to back in the day quite a bit, which was always disturbing. So I, I do very much understand why the person who tweeted us was as upset as they were. I, I didn't have quite the same level of visceral response, but it's it's definitely something that kind of makes me pause and think, was that really necessary? I kind of see what you're going for, but... In the context of this larger cultural phenomenon, it it is very jarring and, and upsetting to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because there's that whole scene with Davin and Johnny just kind of like standing over her, discussing it while she lays there. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, I don't, I don't feel good about this. Yeah, and it was a very jarring in tone because we go from her and kind of the sexualized version of her body to she gets thrown in a bag and there's kind of like jokes about Sabine being in a bag. And well, like, I, I feel like Hannah John Common delivered those lines well. It made me uncomfortable, the fact that there was that kind of tone switch from where Davin was so upset and we have this very, you know, vulnerable, dead, presumably dead woman on the floor. And then they're kind of making jokes about her in a body bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, especially since it was following the intimacy and it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. Beginning of 207 was rough. End of 206, beginning of 207 was very rough for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. But by the end of 207, we see Dutch shoot Sabine. Uh, and I think we discussed when we talked about that episode specifically uh, that it was a bit ambiguous about whether she, meaning Sabine, was dead dead just because she didn't, but Dutch didn't kill her with a dreadnought. And she was kind of far away. She didn't, like, get really up close to shoot her in the head. So presumably she's dead. But we see her body be dragged off by someone, presumably the Blackroot, at the end of the episode. And, you know, you know us. We're always very skeptical when it comes to deaths. So the fact that they show her body being dragged away, it did kind of leave this question in my head about, okay, was that intended to kind of leave a door open for Sabine to possibly... Return. I'm not saying it was or it wasn't. 
And, but, Again, with the indignities suffered by Sabine's body in this episode. I know, I know. Poor, poor, poor Sabine. Uh, but even even if that was intended to maybe be an open door, I, I think it's unlikely that Sabine will come back. If nothing else, I saw on Twitter, I believe it was Michelle Lovretta who tweeted that the actress who played Sabine, Tori Anderson, she's now cast in a lead role over on a CW show called No Tomorrow. So I think it's unlikely that character will come back. However... You know, that could be maybe interpreted as an open door for her to return. I'd be surprised, but... I would, too. You never know. Exactly. I always like to keep keep the options open. <laughs> I mean, the show has left the door open on the possibility of clones and whatnot, too. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even if she is dead, dead, maybe not the last we see of the actress. Because I'd feel better about Sabine if she came back. Like, <laughs> you know, I... Because then it wouldn't be her, her character was, was, you know, used so specifically if she came yeah. back and ha- went on to have more storylines. I'd feel better about this episode or this series of episodes here with her in season two. Oh, if but, they defrost her? Yeah, if they defrost her or something to that effect. That's terrible, Chris. I know. I'm, I'm ashamed. So in the, in terms of fridging, how do you think, it, does Potter's death fit that trope in your opinion? I'm going to say no. I, I feel like she wasn't. I, I think there are elements of it there because clearly the story continues, you know, her her death affects Johnny very directly. Right. And we see him do some things in response to it. But one of the major things about fridging is that the entire storyline really isn't about the character who gets fridged. Yeah. And Potter's story is about Potter. Yes. Potter, I mean, has a story. She's the one who who is actively doing things throughout the season, which as we're watching it, we're all like, Potter, don't, you're going to get killed. Because mm-hmm. she pretty obviously was. And uh, she did. So. Well, the thing is, yeah, I agree. Because I think for watching the season, it's kind of a logical conclusion. And they start f- foreshadowing it pretty early on. That she could die trying to take on this power, this entity, these these forces that are really too big for her to handle with just her and Johnny or even her, Johnny, Dutch and Davin. You know, this is really bigger than all all of them to, to take on together. And so, yes, it made sense that something like this would have happened to her. But at the same time, I think my big thing is that we had just seen her do this really controversial thing where she chooses to, you know, turn up the anger dials on the people of Old Town so that they'll run into the electrified wall and short it out and cause this big scene that can be used to ultimately free them, or that's what Potter thinks. So she'd just done this controversial thing that was hard for her to do, but then because she gets killed so quickly, we don't really get to see her have to deal with the consequences of making that decision. I do feel a little bit cheated on that storyline because that was a big character moment and it would have been really interesting to see how she dealt with that considering her stance on everything all season. Because that's her whole reason for what she did this season was because she loved the people of Old Town and she wanted to free them. And not only did she risk their lives to do it, she killed them in order to try to save them, but she ultimately was unsuccessful because... She was, you know, double crossed by Delsea. So not getting to see her deal with that. I, yeah, I agree. It, it feels I feel cheated <laughs> out of what could have been, I think, some really engaging story for her. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of wish, like, okay, stab her. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're negotiating. I'm negotiating. You can stab her, but don't kill her. Let her live. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Let her live so she can suffer more for our entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> pretty messed up stuff i know i know (laughs) but it's tv so and it's especially i think kind of fish shaking at the heavens worthy because johnny got almost an identical type of wound last season and potter shows up and saves him and he's still alive but she died i know (laughs) and johnny was alone when it happened Mm -hmm. and then potter came and rescued him and Potter was surrounded by people, but no. <laughs> I'm bitter about it. Yeah. I think that's what makes makes you especially angry, where you're like, female characters keep dying of these wounds that male characters get to survive. I have complained about that more than once this television season. Mm-hmm. It is true. Mm-hmm. Makes me furious. Yeah. But I agree with you. I, I don't think that Potter fits into the, the fridging trope because she did get such a role in sort of how she came to where she was killed you know she wasn't just an innocent bystander she was involved in the actions that sort of led to that moment right but at the same time you know it's it's also frustrating when deaths of female characters tend to be very tragic like oh no you know she was only trying to do good and she got killed you know so yeah, she was involved in the circumstances that led to her death, but it wasn't a heroic death. It's a tragic death. Yeah. <sighs> but, I mean, they, they did very much position her as a hero this season, at least. This so. is true. Yeah. I'm kind of to that point of, like, at least we got this much. <laughs> it's been a bad TV season for me and the characters I like. <laughs> yeah. Stop killing my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Though since we talked about potential open door for Sabine to come back, there was a lot of possibilities floated after we see Potter was killed that maybe she could return next season as a level six. However, I feel like what we learn in the finale, I really think that that's unlikely. Yeah, I mean, Davin pretty clearly states that she's dead. Right. He was like, if if she wasn't, if I wasn't sure, I wouldn't have left her. Stuff like that, he says to Johnny. Which, I suppose you could argue he's just saying to Johnny to keep Johnny safe, but I don't think Davin would do that, you know? Right. I feel like Davin's more more honest and upfront than that. Also, there's the whole thing about the, the Arkin green goo source. Mm-hmm. And it seems like if they had turned Potter into a six, it would have been from that source, and they basically said that that is over. So Right. Though we see for Fancy, that didn't kill him when the Arkham goo became inactive. It just, it turned him back into a regular person. So if they had sixed her prior to the destruction of the, the Arkham goo, you know, it's possible she could be alive. However, I, I really don't see how she could have been turned into a six in that small interim just because we see in the finale that Delsea is having to kind of wait on Klein say so, or the Hollands say so in order to become a six herself. 
you know, in order to receive the green glue. Glue? Goo. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems unlikely to me that she would have the resources to say, I'm going to save her. I'm going to turn her into a six for, for revenge or what have you. I mean, it's not impossible, I guess. It just seems unlikely to me since she clearly seemed to be relying on Klein and other people to receive the treatment herself. Right. So I don't want to crush people's hopes because I love Potter and I want Sarah Power to come back on the show really badly, but it just seems very unlikely to me at this point. Clones. (laughs) Clones. This is our last hope. (laughs) (laughs) However, they made Dutch. (laughs) Make a Potter version of Dutch. I was going to try and do some sort of portmanteau, but it doesn't work that well. A portmanteau of what? Dutch and Potter. Oh. Daughter. That's probably the best. Well, and then it kind of is because it, it sounds like daughter, which, you know, like son and daughter, which, you know, uh, if it was a clone, it would kind of be. You say, Am I reaching? Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> which is, yeah, why I was like, no, there's no good solution there. <laughs> and then finally, in terms of big character deaths in season two, we have Klein. And the, to contrast with Potter, I think, I, I want to talk to him kind of to contrast him with how Sabine and Potter ended up, because I think he, like Potter, had a storyline leading up to his death. However, unlike Potter, we see that Klein really gets to choose his fate mm-hmm. and make this sacrifice for for Dutch and other people, but mainly because of Dutch. So he gets to have a heroic death, whereas Potter's death wasn't. Yeah, and I I feel like Klein's death kind of reads as redemption, mm-hmm. you know, because there's that whole thing where you're just, you're not sure about him. Mm-hmm. And so he does this selfless thing to help Dutch. So that situation just plays out a little bit differently. And now that we're a few weeks out from the end of the season, I actually, I think I feel pretty okay about having Klein exit the show at this point. Because while it's not that they're, they couldn't have told more story with him, however, having him make this sacrifice for Dutch, having her be there, having her see how much she, he really does love her, but not being able to sort of tie up all of those loose ends of her complicated feelings with him is kind of a more interesting place to leave their relationship, I think, rather than had he stuck around longer as more of a good guy. Well, and I'm not sure it ever would have really resolved anyway. Yeah. Because even if he has good intentions, he still did some really messed up stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's going to last whether or not Klein is there. So, yeah. So, again. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I I feel like they could have kept him around and it would have been okay and they could have maybe found some interesting stuff to do with him. Uh, But I also think it's fine for him to exit at this point. As well, especially if you think about how he started out and how he was used in the story in season one, it's a very different mm-hmm. place for him to be. He's positioned very differently in the universe in season two. He's a much more sympathetic kind of character. He's he's not this clear cut kind of oh no, Klein's around. So and and especially by the end, I think you do have some sympathy for him though they did do the same thing as they did with sabine where they gave us all this backstory for klein finally but it was in the episode he died (laughs) yeah there was more of him earlier though it's true it's true it feels a little less egregious 
Yeah, because that relationship between him and Dutch had been such a center of this of the show for especially in season one, but also in season two as well. So we at least had that kind of learn about him through Dutch and her impression of him and how he affected her. Right. And we'd gotten a number of flashbacks with him and everything, yeah. which I feel like we could still get in the future. So that's a good point. I'd, I'd be surprised if we never see Rob Stewart again. Mm hmm. And clearly, because we saw that cube, that glass cube that he had left for her, it's possible she might stumble upon other things that maybe he left for her to help her in. That's a good point. In the future. So he could continue to have uh, an effect on Dutch and what she does and revisit those feelings she has toward him, even if he's not alive. Well, and he's still connected through Anila, who is now basically replacing him as the mysterious threat. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I'm just saying. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts about this topic. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages so, so much. You can send them to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and some other shows, visit our website at askgenretv.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you in the quad. <laughs>